You guys doing all right? I want to wish everybody a happy Easter. I want to thank everybody that is watching us right now online. Thank you so much for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. We are in a series. We're actually wrapping up a series this morning called The Road to Life. And we've been talking about this life that Jesus, this road that Jesus has paved for us. And last, the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the meaning of life. We've been talking about the purpose of life. So we've been discussing some pretty light issues, you know what I'm saying, right? And, and we've just been talking about the meaning and purpose of life and how Jesus get, has come to give us an abundant life, a far superior way to live than any other way. And we've been talking uh, about playing the game of life, right? We've been talking about we need to stop playing the game of life, right? So many as we get sucked up in the game of life, just going from one thing to the next thing, and our whole focus is to get to countryside acres, right? Uh, that's the end of the game, right? And the, or the million-dollar mansion at the end of the game. And, and we're, we're, what are we trying to do? Just live for, what, 10, 15 years of our life into retirement? Man, God has so much more in store for us than on the game of life. Man, when we, when we follow the road that Jesus has paid for us, his life gives us purpose. His life gives us meaning. We need to stop playing the game of life. We, we also talked last week about the hull in our soul, right? And many of you this week, as you were brushing your teeth, you were thinking about the hull in your soul, okay? <laughs> For those of you that missed it, I, I use an analogy of an electric toothbrush, right? And, and there's a hole, right, where the battery goes in, and only Jesus can fulfill that hole in our soul. And we talked about last week Tom Brady. He, he was 27 years old at the time, won three Super Bowls, and he was just like, man, is this it? Like, well, why don't I feel a sense of fulfillment? It's because he's playing the game of life, and you cannot get uh, fulfillment from anything else but from Jesus. You can't discover anything else with the purpose except from Jesus. And so today, part three, today in our series, uh, The Road to Life, we're going to be wrapping up this series in before we pray, I just want to let you know that this road that was paved was not free. Kind of like C-470. Come on, somebody. <laughs> we'll be paying for that thing for the rest of our lives. Just add express lanes, more money. Um, anyway, the, the road that Jesus paid was not free. It was paid in his blood. It was paid in his blood. It's a very expensive very expensive road. He paid with his life and his blood. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. We're going to pray and then get into God's word. Father, I thank you for this moment. I think we can gather here and billions of people all across the world are gathering together right now to celebrate you, Jesus, and what you, you've done for us and what you continue to do for us. We thank you that you conquered death, Lord. We thank you that you rose again the third day. Father, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for everybody that's watching online. It is not by mistake they're watching online, that they're here this morning. God, 
Open our hearts, open our minds to the understanding of your word this morning, Father. God, I just pray that you'd help me get out of the way. All of you and none of me, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. We're going to start off uh, with three passages of scripture from the prophet Isaiah. And the reason why I want to start off with Isaiah is because some 800 years before Jesus came to this earth, the prophet Isaiah was seeing Jesus and the things that Jesus would go through. Isaiah 7, 14, let's read it. Isaiah says this, all right then, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And this is a declaration that, that on this road that Jesus is, has paved, we're not alone. God wants to be with us because Jesus came, God can be with us on this road. Isaiah 52, 13 through 14. See, my servant will prosper. He will be highly exalted. But many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, one would scarcely know he was a man. And so what was Isaiah seeing here? He was seeing an image of Jesus being beaten. Friday night, we, we, we spent the whole night watching clips of the Passion of the Christ and, and just really focusing on the beaning and, and the torture that Jesus went through. I mean, if you can imagine ha having uh, just a crown of thorns, inch-long thorns jammed into your skull, how, how swollen your, your face would get, and they, they punched him and they beat him, and, and I'm guessing that there wasn't any flesh color on any part of his body, either it was black, blue, or, or bloody. And, and, and the prophet Isaiah, what he's seen here is he's seen Jesus barely resemble a human being. I mean, just, just resonate on that for a moment. I mean, flesh just hanging up, ripped off of his body, completely bloody, bruised, swollen. He barely looks like a human being. And so why does Jesus go through all of this? Well, Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 53, let's read it. But he was pierced for our rebellion. Not his rebellion, our rebellion. Crushed, not for his sins, but for our sins. He was beaten, not so he could be whole, but so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, I love that, all of us, which puts us all in the same category, right? All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. He, he puts us all in the same category. All of us have tried different roads. We, we veered from this road that Jesus has paid for us. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. What is so amazing about this is that as Jesus is, is going through this horrific beating and, and he's being nailed to the cross, he realizes that there's going to be some people that never receive him, that never accept him as his Lord and Savior, yet he still dies for them anyways. He still dies for them anyways. And so for the rest of our time this morning, I got points this morning, come on somebody. 
They clapped for points last night too. They were like, finally, pastor, you got points. I got five important truths about God's road to life. Five important truths about God's road to life. Now, Jesus has just gone through the horrific torture. He's, he's been nailed to the cross. They have now put him up and he's, he's now hanging on the cross. Luke 23, 34, and this is what Jesus says. Jesus says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Like, who says that? Like, he's just been beaten and tortured and they nailed him to a cross and one of those first words is like, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Like, that's not a normal person who says that. That is a God person who says that. Only a perfect person responds to torture and beating that way. Father, forgive them they don't know what they're doing. Point number one today is we don't know what we're doing, yet he still dies for us. We don't know what we're doing, yet he still dies for us. And it's because this road is not based on our past, but on our future. This road that Jesus paves, it's not based on our past, but on our future. I know for several years of my life, Jesus looked at me and said, Father, forgive this idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. For years, I spent years doing drugs and, and, and drinking until I blacked out. Jumping from relationship to relationship to relationship. I mean, I, I tried almost every drug. I mean, heroin, cocaine, acid, ecstasy. I was doing them all. Why? Because I had this hole in my soul that only Jesus could fulfill. And I was trying to fulfill it with everything possible. I was trying. And I could just imagine Jesus in heaven saying to the Father, Let's not give up on him yet. I know he's an idiot, but let's not give up on him yet. And man, the moment that I came to Jesus, listen to me. Man, I wish I would have known the promises and the blessing and the favor that he had for my life because I spent almost seven years of my life in the pit, in the gutter, struggling with so many different things. Things. Man, if we only knew the promise and the plan that Jesus had for us, that's what he's saying, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Because if we did know what we were doing, man, we wouldn't waste so much time. We wouldn't waste so much money on dumb things, things that we think are going to make us happy. But the reality is they won't. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. But if we did know, if we could see, man, we wouldn't live any other way. The way that Jesus promises this road to life. Let's continue. Luke 23, 35 through 39. Now there's two criminals that are being executed next to Jesus uh, on the cross that he's on. The crowd watched and the leader scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself if he is really God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers mocked him too. 
by offering him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. A sign was fastened above him with these words. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. I mean, you want to talk about someone who's completely self-absorbed? Okay, this guy, like, is just a horrible person. Like, I mean, he's just completely, even up to his death, he is completely self-absorbed. Now let's look at the response of the other thief. But the other criminal protested. Look at this. Don't you fear God? And so there's something happening inside this other criminal, this other thief. And, and I'm guessing it's because of the words that he heard Jesus say. He just watched Jesus go through all of this horrific torture, and he's hearing the words of Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And here we see this criminal, he's having a heart change. He's, he's recognizing that Jesus is from God. Look, he says, don't you fear God? Even when you've been sentenced to die, we deserve to die for our crimes. We're, we're guilty. Like, like we deserve, we're, I'm a bad person. Like, like I deserve to die for my crimes. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. He's recognizing that Jesus is perfect. He's recognizing that Jesus is God and he's innocent in this moment. Then he says this, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. Point number two, Immediate forgiveness is ours. And it's because this road is not based on the condition of your life, but on the condition of your heart. There was nothing this thief could do to make up for his past mistakes. Literally nothing he could do. And that's because this road that Jesus paved is not based on the condition of your life the condition of your heart. When I used to go to the gym, before it got weird, I talked to people and, and um, they would like me until they asked me what I did for a living. I'm a pastor and immediately it's like, oh, I'm not, a, I'm not a church person. I'm not a church person. I'll be like, I'm not a church person either. Great. We could still be friends. And they're like, no, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't think you want to know what I mean. Like, if I walked into the church, the church would catch on fire. I'm like, listen, depending on what Sunday you come and who you're sitting next to, that pro person was probably way worse than you are right now. And, and, and then they go on to explain to me, yeah, I, you know, I just need to clean some things up in my life. I, I just need to get my life right before I come to church. And I'm like, man, you got it all wrong. You got it completely wrong because guess what? You can never clean up your life by yourself. Man, I'm, listen, I could never have gotten off of drugs on my own. I just was weak. Listen, I, I was weak. I liked drugs. It was only through the power of Jesus who removed that desire from my life instantly. And I think, wait, no, no, I got I to get my life right. I, I got to, you know, I got to do this. And then, no, 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 Jesus says, no, 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 come. 
No, 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 my forgiveness isn't based on the condition of your, your life. It's based on the condition of your, your heart. And, and so if you're broken, yes, come. If you're depressed, yes, come. If you're going through a, a failed relationship, yes, come. If you've been divorced, yes, come. If you're addicted, yes, come. Listen, I don't care if you have to get high in the parking lot before you come in here. Yes, come. This instant forgiveness is not based on the condition of your life, but the condition of your heart. There's nothing that thief could do to make up for his past mistakes, yet instantly Jesus forgives him, and he spends paradise, eternity with Jesus. Come on, don't wait any longer. This forgiveness is not based on the condition of your life, but the condition of your, your heart. Let's continue. Mark 15, 33 through 34. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until 3 o'clock. I love this. Um, scientists have gone back. They, they can actually chart this. And they've discovered that an eclipse happened exactly this day, this moment, and coincide with this guy Jesus being crucified, and they can actually go back and see there's this eclipse. For three hours, the sun was blotted out. We don't know why, but it just happened. I love it. Then at three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Elo, Elo, Lema, Shabbatani. That's pretty good. Which means, I only have to say it one more time. Which, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Point number three, God abandoned Jesus that day so we would never feel abandoned. He turned his, his back. The father turns his back on the son in this moment. Why does he do that? It's because at this moment, Jesus is taking all the sins of the world, past, present, and future, upon himself. And God could not look at his son because his son was becoming sin. And God and sin cannot commingle. So he has to turn his back. But the reason why he turns his back and abandons his son in this moment, so we would never feel abandoned. You see, on this road, you're never alone. You're never alone on this road that Jesus paved for us. No matter what you're going through today, Jesus wants to be there with you. No matter what you've gone through in the past, Jesus wants to be there with you. No matter what you're going to go through in the future, Jesus wants to be there with you in the future if you let him. You let him be on this road with you. He'll be on this road with you. John 19, 28 through 30. Jesus knew that his mission has now finished, so he's feeling like he's about to die. He's feeling it. To fulfill the scripture, he said, I'm thirsty. A jar, a jar of sour wine was sitting there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put it on a hyssop branch, and held it up to his lips. When Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. Wow, three incredibly powerful words. It is finished. Then he bowed his head and released his spirit. Point number four today, the road to life has already been paved, and it's finished. There's no more road. 
Okay, there's, Jesus isn't going to bring more construction workers and, and start paving more, more, more road. No, no, no. The road has already been paid. The promises and the blessings and the favor that Jesus has for your life, it's already ready for the taking. We just have to get on the road and walk it and receive everything that he has in store for our life. That's our role on this road. It is finished. It's already done. It's been completed. This Greek word that Jesus used actually means the, the transaction has been completed. What he came to this world to do was completed. The tra- transaction was, was done. It is finished. Whatever you're struggling with today is finished. Whatever thing that you're going back and forth, it's finished. Jesus finished it on the cross. Now Jesus dies. He gives up, he gives up his spirit and he, he dies on the cross. And they ask if he, they can take his body and, and Pilate lets him take his body. Now this, this shows you that Pilate thought that he was, Jesus was innocent because if he thought that he was guilty, okay, coming against the Roman government, they would have left his body on the cross. Um, this is what they did. They, they just left people on the cross to make a sign to everybody. They would just let the animals and the birds take care of it. Um, and they just, I mean, this is what they did. The Roman Empire was nasty, and they just would leave him his body. But because Pilate thought that Jesus was innocent, they let him take his body and put him in a tomb, okay? So let's pick up with a story here in Matthew 27, 62, 66. The next day on the Sabbath, the leading priests and Pharisees went to see Pilate. They told him, Sir, we remember what the deceiver once said while he was still alive. After three days, I will rise from the dead. So we request that you seal the tomb until the third day. Okay, this was a really big deal to seal a tomb. Like, man, this was a really big deal because when they sealed the tomb, they would use clay and they would, they would seal up there. They would put a big stone over the tomb and, and they would seal it. And then they would put this, this big giant Roman seal on the front of it. And so basically it, people would know, right? People would know if you break that seal, you are dead. And not only you are dead, but everybody connected to you would be dead. And the same goes for the Roman soldiers. If someone broke this seal and you were guarding this, this tomb and, and, and someone broke this seal, you would be dead and your whole family would die, okay? I want to talk about motivation, right? I want to talk about motivation. There was motivation for this seal not to be broken. This will prevent his disciples, absolutely it would prevent his disciples, from coming and stealing his body and then telling everyone he was raised from the dead. If that happens, we'll be worse off than we were at first, Pilate replied. Take guards and secure it the best you can. So they sealed the tomb and posted guards to protect it. And so they put, he puts you know, lots of guards to protect this, this giant tomb that, this, this, with this big stone, right? And, and they put it over and then they seal it up with the, the Roman seal. Let's continue with the story. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. I find this interesting that the stone was rolled away because 
the stone, like Jesus actually didn't need the stone to be rolled away, right? Like he can walk through walls. And then we see that later, that, that he can walk through walls and he can just appear and reappear. Like, like so why, why is this significant that the stone is rolled away? I believe that God wanted to... Uh, give a signal. I believe God wanted to send a message, not only to everybody during this time, but our time today. You see that they purposely broke the seal, the Roman seal. And I believe that this is a message to the Roman government that you can't stop a move of God. That there is no government, there is no empire that can stop God. And so he just sends an angel to move it. Just to send a message that God is more powerful than any earthly government and empire. Listen, ask China, okay? Ask China how hard it is to stop a move of God. They've made Christianity illegal. They, they tried, they, for the longest time, the Bible was illegal. I mean, they, they, they arrest uh, Christians. They, they execute Christians there. And guess what? Christianity continues to flourish. There's more churches started. I mean, it just, it, they can't stop it. They finally, a couple years ago, they finally just said, hey, let's allow the Bible in. We'll allow 55 million uh, copies of the Bible in, at least we can tax it, because they discovered 70 million copies were being smuggled into their country every single year. The ch- we want to know where the church is growing the fastest? Iran. Church is growing the fastest in places where Christianity is illegal. Listen to me. You, man, nobody can stop God. And he's declaring this to Pilate and the Roman Empire Listen, you can't stop me. I'm not here to, to create an earthly kingdom, but a heavenly one. And listen, there's, there's things that are happening in our world here in the United States that you know, I never thought would happen uh, in my lifetime, but they're happening. And things are moving quickly. Things are moving fast uh, in the day and age that we're living in. But listen to me. God's church will not be stopped. The the movement of God will not be spot. And listen to me, we've been really privileged. Americans have been really privileged for a really long time. Maybe we need some persecution to help the church. I believe this was a sign to us today in the Roman Empire then. Listen, no government, no empire can stop God. This next sentence, this next phrase is one of my favorite in the Bible. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple. Now remember, John's the one that wrote this, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, they've taken the Lord's body out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciple started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. I love this. I think it's great. I mean, think about it. There's 7 billion copies of the Bible in circulation right now. Listen, listen, if Jesus doesn't rise from the dead, okay, Christianity peters out about 100 years at best. 
But here we see what? We see over 7 billion copies of the Bible in circulation, right? And then just the move of, of God is, is happening. And throughout all of history, John wants everybody to know that he's faster than Peter. <laughs> Can you imagine the conversation in heaven? Like, seriously, bro? Like, you had to tell everybody? <laughs> he stopped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but didn't go in. Let's continue. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. Now, I'm going to give John credit, right? He's faster than Peter, but he's not braver, right? He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrapping. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home. What an amazing moment they must have had here. And then Jesus ends up popping up in, in one of the rooms that they're hanging out in, and they get to greet him. And everybody gets to encounter Jesus but one guy, and his name is Thomas. And he's kind of ticked off about it, right? They, they made him go on a Starbucks run, and uh, he missed it, right? <laughs> and he missed it. And, and so he's, he's upset that he didn't get to see Jesus, right? And so he says, oh, I'm not going to believe. I'm not going to believe until I see him, okay? John 20, 24 through 26, one of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand in the wounds in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. And this time, Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly as Peter, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Continue, let's continue. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into my wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Now I believe that's, that's a message for someone here today. Or are you watching online? Man, don't be faithless any longer. Don't, don't wait to get on this road to life that, that Jesus has made, this abundant life, this far superior way to live than any other way. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. And this puts us in a different category. This puts us in a blessed category. We are blessed because we can believe without seeing physical Jesus. But that's the reality is, is that, man, we get to see Jesus all of the time. We get to see Jesus in other people. We get to see Jesus in our children. We get to see God in his beautiful creation and mountains and trees and oceans. And man, God is everywhere. Blessed are we that believe. Haven't physically seen him. We're, we're in a different category. We're in a blessed category. John 20, 30 through 31 the disciples saw Jesus, I'm going to end with this. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs 
in addition to the ones recorded in this book. And so what John is saying is that Jesus did lots of amazing things every single day. There's not enough books for me to write all the great things that he did in the three and a half years that he was here on earth. But these are the writings so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. Because of Jesus, we have a name that is above every other name. The book of Revelation says that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess to the name of Jesus. And it's because he died for us and he rose again. He conquered sin and he conquered death. So we don't have to be afraid of either one of them. We don't have to be chained to either one of them. And point number five today, the road to life is eternal. Not only does he create and pave this amazing, abundant life here and now, but he, this road leads to eternity. This road leads to eternal life. This life is but a vapor. This life is but a speck on the grand scheme, uh, you know, on the grand scheme of eternity forever. This road leads to eternity. My heart today would be that you wouldn't wait. Not another moment, not another day to get on this road to life with Jesus. Listen, this afternoon's not guaranteed. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. You're guaranteed this moment right now. And this is your moment to get on the road to life. To start encountering life with purpose and meaning. This road leads to eternity. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. Maybe you'd say today, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus, and I need to today. Or maybe you've drifted from this, this road to life, and, and you've just been consumed by the game of life and the things of this life and stress and anxiety and depression. You've just kind of been swept away. But today's the day. You want to make a recommitment of being on this road to life to Jesus. I just ask that every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I'm not going to make you do anything embarrassing this morning. This is your personal declaration of faith. If that's you today, just slip up a hand. I just want to pray with you today. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, just slip up your hand, and then you can just put it down. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. And I just want to ask everybody to repeat this prayer as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning, that you would forgive me of all my sins. That you come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing today. If you made a decision today or a recommitment today, uh, I want to encourage you to go to the Welcome Center. We have a fresh start kit that we'd love to give you. Uh, man, if you don't have a Bible, we want to give you a Bible. And it's very important that uh, 
you read the Bible for yourself. I just want to encourage you to read the Word of God for yourself. And so if you don't have one, we want to give you one today. Uh, Also, if you've never been baptized in water, that is your next step. You made a personal declaration of faith today. You need to take the next step, which is the public declaration of faith, and that is water baptism. It's not Facebook, okay? It's water baptism is your your next step of declaring faith. going public with your relationship with with Jesus. And so I want to encourage you to do that today.